This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode at the Diva Lounge. I am Maribel here with my PIC. Julie Hostler. And today, Ooh, we, got we a good one. celebrate. We celebrate a talented, respected, loved, <laughs> and admired by many, a true, real San Diego cook, chef, and I would fall short if I was to point out how much he has contributed to the San Diego food scene over the years and how he continues to be one of the great chefs in our food scene. So I think it's best if he, the one and only chef, Jason Nib, tells us how did the Jason Nib story began. Chef, what a pleasure yeah. having you here with us today. And happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. So tell us, how did it all begin for you? Ah, oh, that's a long story. Oh, oh I love it already. <laughs> 47 long. 47. Um, you just had a birthday? Yes, I did. Celebrating I did. his 47th? That's right. Birthday. Yeah. Born in Jamaica. Born in Jamaica and raised in L.A. You know, what a combo. I pretty much grew up in L.A. and hanging out on the beach and, mm. you know, just doing that Cali thing. And know, how do uh, we go into becoming a chef? Um, you know, I think it was, uh, I don't know, it was a little bit of, uh, I guess, uh, falling into. Um, you know, I was a surfer as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like to, you know, wanted to be a professional surfer, and that was sort of everything. Mm. You know, um, and then uh, by chance, you know, I had to get a job when I was, uh, you know, uh, 14, 15. And, you know, when you live in L.A., if you don't have money, you got none, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. No, no girls, no shoes, <laughs> no clothes. No girls. You know, so you need money. Uh-huh. You know, a little bling. Um, so, uh, I got into the restaurant business. My dad, uh, sort of told me to go down. I saw your friend bussing tables, um, Mm. at this restaurant called White Feathers, um, Uh which was one of the, you know, quintessential California cuisine at the time, uh, restaurants. And, um, so I went down there and, uh, applied and ended up getting a job as a busser and, uh, got fired a month later. (laughs) Um, For what? You know, I didn't show up uh, Saturday night. I was down in uh, San Clemente with my friends at a surf contest. Uh And um, they made, uh, you know, we all made the cut to Sunday. They didn't want to drive back. Um, They told me to uh, go get on the bus if you want to go home. Uh So I, you know, stayed down there. (laughs) Uh, And, you know... You know, I wanted to serve, and that was all I really wanted to do. So that was it. And that was my first job down the drain, you know. Um, But, you know, eventually I got back in the kitchen. Uh um, Started, um, you know, I 
went back to White Feathers as a cook. Okay. Um, my friend, my neighbor was a chef. So it was like, hey, come on, come back. You know, uh, when you cook, it's more fun. You know, I was sort of like, okay, you know, my dad cooked, my mom cooked. Traditional you know, so, Jamaican food? Um, You know, yes and no. Yes and no, um, okay. You know, we're in uh, L.A., so, you know, my dad sort of cooked whatever. Okay. But a lot of, you know, food with flavor. You know, he made a lot of curry goat, you know, whether it was lamb or goat. Um, you know, more of um, stews and things of that nature, not typical uh, shepherd's pie or, you know, spaghetti and meatballs. And what about I, uh, rabbit? Did he make rabbit stew? Oh, no. We don't eat rabbit. Oh, okay. You know, uh, <laughs> there are no rabbits in Jamaica. You know, only goats and cows. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and a few, uh, I don't even know, there are doves, okay. pigeons. You All know, right. So we eat a lot of that stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, nonetheless, so I started cooking and, you know, things started rolling and, uh, had another friend that worked for Wolfgang Puck. Okay. He was a runner, the, uh, head expediter at the restaurant called, uh, Eureka, mm-hmm. you know, it was a Wolfgang Puck brewery. So this is know. in the nineties. Uh, Are we talking nineties? This is in the, um, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Long time okay. ago. You know, nineties or, uh, late eighties. Mm. Um, okay. So, you know, I got the courage to go in there, um, and I walked in, and the chef was screaming and yelling and, you know, sort of really nervous. You know, I, I hadn't been to culinary school. Yeah, well, I was so going to just ask that. Any culinary background? Uh, no, you know, just, you know, hands-on. Okay. And uh, just the love of eating. And I think that's really the big thing. You know, we were eaters. My dad always went out, took us out. Okay. You know, we went all over L.A. for, you know, dinners and lunches and hmm. places that, you know, were hole in the walls. And he was sort of a foodie before foodies were even out there. Oh. Um, so, you know, it's just so was sort you, of second food, nature. Food. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it felt good and sort of comfortable. And, you know, I was sort of always a shy guy. So being in the back of the house, it was always good. Okay. You know, I didn't really have to talk to people or do anything. Just do as I'm told, uh-huh. you know, and get it done. Um, so, you know, one thing led to another was there. Uh, they said, Harris, take an application. I told them, you know, uh, Matt Bailey sent me and said, you might need someone. And they looked at me and, blah, you know, fill this out, uh-huh. sit over there. You know, I heard some yelling and commotion <laughs> going on. And all of a sudden, the chef came back and said, you know how to make pizza? I said, yes. Okay. And he <laughs> said, you? all right, come back tomorrow. Uh-huh. And then that was it. And that sort of was history. You know, I met so many people. I uh, saw so many young people in the kitchen there. And it was so inspiring. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's when I knew. What and, was inspiring about it? Uh, just the passion, the level of creativity. And just that people were so into food, and they knew more about Jamaican than I did. Really? You know, it was sort of funny. They had a jerk. So how old were you when you came to the States? Uh, I was uh, probably, uh, I want to say, uh, eight or nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, in the second grade, I think. You know, we sort of went back and forth for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad didn't really know where he wanted to settle. 
Okay. So, um, you mm. know, we came from uh, Haiti to uh, Manhattan Beach. Bam, you know, landed right there um, on the uh, you know, boardwalk. Basically, he had a buddy that had a house there, and we uh, stayed with him for a while. And then next thing you know, we went back. He wanted to move to Panama. <laughs> that didn't work out. And then we ended up you know, moving back to L.A., and um, that was sort of it for him. So and, now, taking your experiences as a kid traveling and going yeah. back and forth, were you able to do that once you got into the kitchen and travel and go to different cities or to, to cook and cook for um, different chefs? Did you get to experience that also? A little bit. A little you bit? Know, not in the beginning. You know, okay. You know, uh, we didn't really travel or have vacation. You okay. know, if I went on vacation, it was to Jamaica or Florida where my mom was living. Okay. So it was always very repetitious. Go see your mom on holidays, you know, and mm. vice versa. So, you know, I mean, yes, traveling, you know, not a bad place to go on vacation, you know, Jamaica. Uh-huh. You know, so. Um, so from L.A., sort of, where, do, where do you go next? Um, well, you know, I worked in L.A. for a while. Um uh-huh. And then as I was working at Eureka, they sort of had a guest chef program, started, you know, meeting a lot of chefs. And then um, Roy Yamaguchi came to town with uh, David Abella, who's here oh, in yeah, town as yeah, well. Yeah, big shout out to him. Um, so, you know, uh, they were opening their second restaurant. And uh, so I was there cooking and, you know, talking to them and whatnot. And one of the sous chefs, a guy named Eric Karf, Went out to be their sous chef, and then he ended up calling me, say, "Hey, come on, man, come out, cook with us. It's mm-hmm. Hawaii. You love to surf, surf all day, cook all night." Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, I was sort of leery about it. They bought me a ticket. I went out there, uh-huh. you know, lived on his couch. He was sort of a mentor <laughs> of mine, uh-huh. and uh, worked with David, learned everything they had wow. to do. Would listen to Roy talk about, you know. And 10 years from now, I'm going to have 40 restaurants. I was like, so yeah, So you right. got to hear him say that oh, before yeah. he became Yeah, Roy. became, you know, you know, he was always Roy, but this was his second restaurant. And, uh, you know, he's preached to us about what he wanted to do. And, um, you know, sort of like, how are you going to get a team, you know, to do all this? Uh-huh. And, you know, back then, you were sort of like, you know, I couldn't wrap my right, mind around it. But, you know, obviously he had a vision and a goal and, you know, set forth. Wow. That's really all you need. Story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All well, those travels and you never once went to Bakersfield. I'm shocked. <laughs> no, a little too dusty. <laughs> yeah. Okay, dusty. So now, like, like we've said, there's just so many things to point out that, you know, that you've done throughout your career. You know, I was just looking up and in 2011 – you got a chance to go to um, Iron, the Iron Chef. Um, the, yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, you were yeah. the very first San Diego chef to be a contender <laughs> on the on the Food Network, and that was in 2011. Yeah, that was and, 2011. And, yeah, you, know, and you battled against Bobby. And Bobby Flay. Flay. Yeah. <laughs> and My in nemesis. a seafood and caviar showdown. Yeah. And yeah. so tell us about that experience. Well, you know, I, I had gotten the uh, Rising Star Chef uh, Award and um, myself and William Bradley and then 
just throughout that, uh, started getting a lot of contacts and, you know, things were sort of happening and rolling. And, um, you think you were at the right place at the right time? Um, you know, maybe. Yes. Okay. Um, part of it. You know, it's like winning the lottery and okay. not wanting to cash the ticket in. You know, when <laughs> yeah. they called me and asked me to be on the show, I was just like, no. You know, and then really? I, was that like your first? I, I was just like, oh, man, this is real. <laughs> You know, Aww. shit got Is real. Is that when you knew, like, um, wow, I must be really good at what I'm yeah, doing? Yeah, you know, and it was funny. He said, look, we don't just call people. You know, what do you, what do you mean, no? I'm like, <gasps> uh, you oh. know, I'm just not really sure. I want to do it, you know. Um, Why weren't you sure? Uh, it's, uh, you know, you watch the show. Yeah, the pressure. You know, you sit there and, yeah, oh, I could do that. And you watch, oh, man, I can't believe you did that or <laughs> this and that. And then, you know. When push comes to shove and you're on that edge, you know, it's, uh, so it's, it's not a little as easy. scary. It's not as um, easy as it looks. No, you know, and I think that, you know, people get groomed to be on these shows and, you know, they mm. sort of work their way up and, um, you know, you're into the spotlight and, you know, it's real. It's different. You know, it's about promoting yourself, looking up. You know, it's not so much the cooking. I think it's just about the experience of being mm -hmm. there, being in the moment, and, you know, taking it in. And also, obviously, you want to win and of show, course. you know, what you can do. But, you know, it's it's time pressure, time sensitive. You know, you're under the gun. Um, you know, everything coming together like a storm. And wow. you have to ride it out and, you know, look good and, you know, do it. and Which you look great, by the yeah, way. <laughs> you know, it, it was fun, but what definitely. Did you take, what did you take from that experience? Um, that I couldn't be an actor. Okay. <laughs> um, can't fake it. You know, uh, no. You know, fake it till you make it. All of a sudden you're making it and like, yeah. oh, man, this is like crazy. Um, but, you know, I think years ago I went to a audition with a friend of mine who was uh, doing oh. commercials. I okay. was like, uh, yeah, I can do that. You know, come to the workshop. You know, we all talked. And uh -huh. then they're like, okay, get up there and do the monologue. And I was uh, 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 <laughs> uh and he like laughed at me, not so easy, right, bro? I'm like, yeah. And, uh, wow, it's so different, you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's sort of the way it is. Um, but. You know, in the end, I think that, you know, we went on there, we, you know, did our thing and, you know, I cooked my food and, you know, it was a great experience. Wow. You know, a lifetime. And then yeah. in 2014, you were honored by the California Restaurant Association in the San Diego chapter as San Diego Chef of the Year. Oh, what did yeah. that mean to you? Um, well, you know, it was, it's a good experience. Um, you know, there are a lot of chefs in this town that I looked up to that have had that, you know, honor of being the chef of the year, you know, um, so it means a lot to be in that grouping okay. and, um, you know, as, you know, might think some of these things are hokey, but, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, well, why aren't I up there? You know, and you start to wonder and then you say, oh, I really don't care, but, you know, in the back of your head, you want to be out there. Of course. And you want to uh, have had that opportunity mm -hmm. and to say, hey, I was the chef of the year in San Diego. I can make a difference. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing the right thing, you know, cooking good food and enjoying that, 
And, oh. you know, that's really what it's about, you know, wow. enjoying your passion and craft. Awesome. That's great. Now, tell us, as we know, it's it's very hard <laughs> to be a chef. Oh, yeah. You know, with the timing, and it's so demanding. Looks so easy, though. It looks so easy. So, mm. I mean, mm. you get Chef of the Year. You know, I'm sure the attention, all eyes on Jason Nib. What were the what were the struggles for for you back then? You know, and and being a chef, were you were you married at that time? Yeah, married. Did you have your kids by then as well? Oh yeah. How, um, how hard was it to? Now I'm chef of the year. Everybody's looking at me. You got that pressure, and now on top of that, you still have to be a dad. You still have to be a husband. You still have to be a friend. How do you how do you find that? And a surfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you do? How did you deal with that? Um, you know, I'm not sure if I deal with it really well, but you know, you just do what you do. Um, you know, got to always remember that. You know, at the end of the day, I go home. My wife loves me. Mm-hmm. My kid loves me. And whether or not somebody didn't like my food, or you know, all these types of things that happen in the kitchen, you know, I put that behind me. I sort of move on, and tomorrow's a a new day. And that's the best thing about this industry. You know, you're only as good as your last dish. You're only as good as, you know, today, what you're doing now. You know, everything behind you is great, and people look at all that to build your resume. But, you know, it's right now. You have a second chance to make that dish again and make it better and make it good. And that's the great thing, I think. And I tell kids, hey, tomorrow's a new day. Learn from yesterday. You know, what didn't work well for us yesterday, let's improve on that and let's put this down, you know, today. You know, this is a new day and let's do it again. You know, yesterday is behind us. We're moving on, you know. Ooh, and, I love it. And that's sort of, you know, the real. So would but, that would that be an, the advice you would give to the up-and-coming chefs? Um, what would be your advice to a lot of the new up-and-coming yeah. cooks, chefs, you know, because— I, I hear a lot about a lot of, like I said, they respect you a lot. And I think what, what you would have to to give as an advice, what would be your advice to the up and coming yeah, chefs in San Diego right now? You know, I think um, there's a lot of pressure and I think for uh, kids and culinary students to, you know, that have bills and all these types of things and they want to be a chef like instantly. Um, you know, I was always um, sort of learning and going with the flow. I never really thought about it as I want to be the chef. I, I just enjoyed cooking. And I, you know, I think one step at a time, you know, uh, do your thing, uh, hone your skills, uh, work, you know, enjoy the work. Don't, you know, want to push past the work and be the chef. Because at the end of the day, I'm I'm the chef. I'm 47. I'm still shucking peas. I'm still cutting fish. That's the same ingredients that were like 20 years ago. You know, so enjoy the moment. Don't rush into it. You'll get there. You know, if this is your goal and your passion, you'll be there. You know, it takes a lot of time and energy. You know, back in the day, chefs were, you know, not chefs at 25. Yes, it's a different day. It's a different era. Um, okay, everything's younger and we want it faster, but I think there's still something 
you know, to be said about a guy that's worked his way around and worked his way up and has a lot of skill and is able to fix things on the fly, understand what happened, foresee things that are going to happen. And, you know, that's experience. You don't learn that overnight. You know, that's something that you learn growing up in the kitchen. And, you know, it takes time. You know, be uh, patient and learn and listen and enjoy working. You know, and that's the thing I tell people. You know, it's a lifestyle, not a job. Yes, it's a job, but it's a lifestyle. I cook at home. You know, I cook at work. I cook for my son. Mm. You know, so it's I'm cooking, cooking. you know, just like everyone. Mm. But I enjoy it, you know. That's awesome. So now, do you see yourself as a leader in our food scene? Uh, You know, I don't really think of it as a leader. I just try to, you know, cook the way I want to cook. And, you know, I see things and, you know, I do what's good for me. You know, I can't, you know, speak about leadership. But, you know, I really just try to uh, put my best foot forward. If that makes me a leader, then great. You know, but I don't set out to, you know, say I'm going to be the leader here. I'm going to, you know, knock down walls. I mean, some people are like that, but I'm not like that. You know, that's my personality is a little more laid back. And, you know, when I get there, I get there. I'm good for me. Uh, But some people obviously have maybe, you know, stronger goals. And I want to be here. And when, you know, when when it doesn't happen, then what? You know, how do you feel? You know, I don't want to put that type of pressure on myself. You know, it's hard enough to do this every day. Yeah. You know, so, you know, hey, I'm going to cook good food, focus on what's in front of me. And and then, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, if it doesn't, maybe, I'm, you know, it's not meant to be. You know, if I'm an A player, I'm an A player. If I'm a B player, I'm going to be a good B player. Yeah. You know, there are rules for everyone out there. Uh-huh. You know, you just got to find what's good for you. Absolutely. Now, tell me, what would you like to see happen in our food scene, in our San Diego food scene? Mm. Moving forward, what would you like to see happen? What direction do you see uh, the San Diego food scene going? Well, I think it's moving in the right direction. You know, I think, you know, uh, things that are happening, obviously, are, um, you know, understanding what San Diegans like um, and sort of, you know— Cooking is a very, I think, personal thing. You know, chefs have their, you know, "Ah, this is the way I want it, this is what I want, and they want to put their, you know, persona, their image, Mm -hmm. and their restaurant and what they want out there. Uh Whether or not it fits into this, you know, scheme of San Diego living, Uh you know, um, that's, I think, you know, something you may learn with experience. but I think it's moving in the right direction. You know, I think, you know, it's very casual. San Diego's like a lifestyle. It's very, you know, laid back. Um, and, you know, I tell people it feels like, you know, L.A. in the 80s. Okay. Um, you know, it's growing. It's getting better. Um, it takes time, you know, and, and understanding the scene is, it's, it's you know, not easy. Right. You know, um and, you know, I think it's moving in the right direction. But, you know, it's, we have to be patient. 
Um, you know, even though it's growing and there are a lot of restaurants, you know. Um, what do you, you know, think about that? All these restaurants. Uh, it's hard. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, there are a handful of foodies still, you know, but there are a lot of restaurants. But the core group is still the same. You know, you had a few new chefs and a lot of restaurants. And, you know, everything sort of gets a little thin. You know, I don't want to use the word watered down, but, you know, it's hard. It's hard to find staff. It's hard to find good chefs and then to maintain and then to have stability, you know, and um, and move forward and have the support of the community. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and you really understanding what the community wants, you know, even like Troy Johnson, you know, I remember back he mm-hmm. said that, you know, San Diego's not really a fine dining scene. And mm-hmm. everyone got upset, right. you know, uh-huh. and, oh, how dare you? You know, and even I was like, oh, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. You know, and then, you know, now I'm look back and sort of go, well, you know, right. it sort of has a point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if you look at all the restaurants that are opening up, they're very casual. They're very bar you know, sort of circled around a bar, and um, you know they're they're comforting, and uh, you know everyday sort of spots, and that's what people want. They want sophisticated, simple, and approachable. You know, it's nobody wants to get dressed up in a suit and to go to dinner. You know, maybe on your anniversary, uh-huh. but even I don't. You know, I wear my jeans and my shirt and my tennis. You know. Because we're in San Diego. Yeah. Well, even when I'm in L.A., you know. But, you know, when you go to New York, you feel like you want to put on the suit because you have to because it's serious. It's the culture. And they're all serious. Yeah. It's, like I said, lifestyle, you know, and you got to relate and bring what they want. Right. Hmm. Well, I mean, I I think if anybody has been bringing it for a very, very long time, it's definitely you, Chef. Well, you know, well, I people. That. You've been at nine ten for how long? Oh uh, wow! Well, Forever, uh, thirteen years. <laughs> oh, there yeah. you go. Thirteen long. What made you want to go to nine ten? What was uh, what? Why did you make yeah, that what decision? Happened? How'd well, that go you down? know, I was working at the Sundance of my friend Trey Fauchet. Oh, oh yeah, you, know, you worked uh, for him. Yeah, I worked for Trey a few times. Um, but you know, we. Uh, uh, I went out there to work with him. He ended up leaving me there, begged me to come out, you know, calling me all the time. Hey, come on, man. I got three restaurants. I need help. You know, all right, all right. I'm like, honey, You're such we're, a moving, good friend. we're moving to Utah. She's like, looked at me. I'm like, I don't know. Let's see it. Uh-huh. You know, she cried when we drove up there. Oh, you know, it's, you know, but it's funny. Crying when we left, you know, because it, <laughs> it like was a so cry, nice. Ah, no. No, but, you know, you don't realize it. Right. Um, it's a beautiful place, and, you know, you get used to it and right. um, and another mountainous lifestyle. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, short story and long, um, you know, I was up there, had a baby, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, my family's in L.A., and her family's down here in L.A., so I figured I might as well move back, uh-huh. call my friend Trey, Say, hey, you know any places down there I'm looking to move? Oh, yeah, there's 910. This chef just left. You know, I came down, did a thing. They came out, tasted my food, and that was really it. Oh, great. And, um, you know, I've been there ever since. Wow. 
Yeah. You see yourself there for quite for a long time. Now? Oh wow, that's a unless tough one. Trey finds him something else. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, Trey, help me. No, um, <laughs> help, help. Yeah, Trey, uh, you know, you know, I think I'm nearing that point where I'm starting to really sort of, you know, yeah. figure out what I really want. Um, and you know, where I want to do it. And, you know, I love it here. Uh, you know, I want to sort of, this is my home, you know, um, but, uh, you know, hopefully one day I'll have my own thing. You know, okay. I is love it there. Um, yes. You know, I, I love it there. They're good to me. They've been good to me. They are good to me. So it's sort of hard to leave. You know, it's your family. Yeah, this. You know, somebody said I have golden handcuffs. You know, (laughs) Um, but you know, I think when you work somewhere, and you know, as a chef, you know, people nagging you. You know, you go to work, you do your thing, and and that's a good thing. Um, And when you're able to express yourself, and nobody's harping on you to do something different, that's what you want. And, you know, and, you know, it's tough out there. So, you know, maybe I need to take a leap of faith and, you know, stick my head on the block again and, you know, uh, jump, you know, and do something new, you know. Well, speaking of new, if you guys are watching us on Facebook Live and if you guys went to our Taco Takeover, we were rocking these JK47s. And we're going to have, so, I mean, talking about new projects, new things coming up for Chef Jason Nib. do you want to talk to us a little bit about these aprons? Yeah, you designed them, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, you know. uh, What's what's the story behind these aprons? Well, you know, the name uh, JK47 came about from an old sous chef, this kid, Chris Blydorn, Uh you know, who's in SF opening up his new spot. Um, You know, I... It's funny, but you know, people think I'm nice, but I yell a little bit. <laughs> and he, think you know, uh, he'd say, "Oh, JK forty-seven firing shots," you know. <laughs> so they would like laugh and hide when I'm yelling at someone, whether it's a waiter or someone. And uh-huh. you know, you know how chefs are. You, you know, you yeah, don't like do. something, you sort of go off, and you know, it's a tangent. So he sort of would always say, you know, JK forty-seven firing shots. <laughs> You know, so everyone sort of look around, duck, and head down. And, you know, so it was just sort of funny um, to, you know, sort of name it that. Um, And then uh, my father lives in Vietnam now, you know, from Jamaica to Vietnam, L.A., Uh all over. Um, And my brother's a designer and does a lot of stuff. So he was doing work in Vietnam with my dad. And he has a little flower shop. Um, and uh, a flower boy in uh, oh. Venice, and they were doing aprons. And you know, I'm sitting there, and they were talking and going on, and you know, about their stuff and what they're doing in production. I followed them around to you know, furniture places to fabrics. You know, I'm sitting there and you know, minding my own thing, uh-huh. and then uh, came back home, and they were doing their thing, and I'm like. And I'm making my own apron, you know. Uh, <laughs> see these Hadley Bennett's, and you know they're a lot of money, <laughs> right? You know, and you know, I just wanted to make some aprons for my staff for Christmas, Aww. and you know, uh, give them out and whatnot. And it's sort of like, you know, I told my dad to make a few. Oh. He made like a hundred. 
I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this? You know, it's like, this is how they work out here. You know, they don't make they don't one. They just make five, you know, Chad, Jason. You know, so, you know, now I have a trunk full of aprons. <laughs> You know, so, so anybody who's interested on a yeah. JK forty seven, the original, yeah, right? the original yeah. JK forty seven, and I got to tell you, yeah, we love the them. Colors are, yeah, they're the, awesome. They're you know. hot, and you're yeah. working on the matching um, underwear. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. No, I mean we 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 were wearing them at the taco takeover them. at Galaxy Taco. Everybody kept asking us, I "Where'd love, you get that where'd apron? Where'd you get the apron?" So they are an original from JK forty seven. I think we need to start selling them here yeah, at I'm Specialty here. Produce. Yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, I think they, you know they're affordable. You know, cook some where they have. Well, some do have a lot of money. Some don't. But, you know, uh, I'm tired of them complaining to me. They have no money and need more hours. I'm like, here, buy this $40 apron. You know, I'll give you one. Buy another one. And you're all set. You got like three for one. Yeah. You know, um, so that's sort of how it is. And, you know, and it's not really about, you know, uh, I want to make a ton of money. I'm an apron guy. It's just something that sort of happened, and I have, I have access to making them, and it keeps my dad busy, you know, wow. and that's really it. And not only that, but how it it's it's a part of our food scene, I think. Yeah. You know, the story where you say he's shooting JK forty yeah. seven. There's a yeah. story behind it, and yeah. it's that's a great and, name, and, and it's it's gonna be, and it will continue to be, and we're gonna have to start selling them here at Specialty Produce, and if you guys want. A little piece of Mr. Jason Nib. Here it is. Here it is. It's it's going to be here forever. Awesome. Wow. So I know Julie has a few other questions for you. Wow. After all that. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh tired. <laughs> yeah. I. You know what? I'm going to, you know, well, then we, we're going to have to cut this down a little bit. We're just going to throw those questions. <laughs> Jason, I wrote down some you questions. You know, I talk to you every day. You know more about me than anyone. Actually, I do. So I'll just answer them all for you. <laughs> The first one, your chef crush. Who uh, is it? It's between Jeff Jackson and who? Uh, you know, I think. Nathan, Trey, John Batista. What do you got a crush on? I'm not sure. You know, I always, um, you know, I love Jeff Jackson. Oh, who doesn't? Of, you know, he's sort of like me. Uh, Trey is like my mentor. Um, so I always, you know, love Trey and respect Aww. him. Um but, you know, I think also when I first moved to town, mm-hmm. I think uh, Carl Schroeder was probably the hottest chef. I bet Mark chef. Del Mar. Yeah. Carl was the hardest working chef I know. Reminded me of my old chef, Joe Miller. And, you know, no-nonsense kind of guy. And, you know, I really respect that and uh, his work ethic and just, you know, he's a beast, yeah. you know. Um, and I think, you know, obviously, you know, he's somebody that I respect. And um, I like his work ethic and style. Nice. You know, um, great guy. And, you know, a lot of chefs that I like. You know, it's hard to say, you know, that. But, you yeah. know. We're, we're very cool. fortunate to have a lot of yeah. talented chefs in, in town, for sure. Okay. Just a couple more. Any late night food that you like after you've been drinking with maybe John Batista <laughs> or someone? <laughs> I think she's talking to in and out You know. What do you eat? Uh, yeah. You eat junk Yakitori. food, you don't. You Yakitori? know, sushi. Oh, uh, you're a sushi kind of guy. Yeah, well, ramen, in and out. Mm-hmm. I eat anything late night. 
you know. Uh, yeah, you get hungry. It's just the mood thing, you know. And, you know, I think mostly it's ramen late night, a little yakitori, and, you know, go to the spot for wings. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, that's you cool. never know. You're a local. Yeah. You still surfing? A little bit. Not a lot. Not a lot. Anymore. Skate, no. Uh-huh. You skating? No skating. He gave that up. You know, oh, that, he's a retired that, surfer, you, you get, retired you get skater. Yeah, you get hurt. You know, right. skateboarding oh. is uh, for the. And you uh, loved working with Sean. Trey. He wasn't oh, yeah. a nightmare for you. He was no, no. Strict. You know, Trey. Trey's a great guy. Trey's People a great sorta, guy. Sort of. You know, he's a, a tight lip kind of guy. But once you crack him, you know, he's like a coconut. It's hard to get in there. More needs to get in there. The water is good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and then speaking of, you know, your great relationship that you have with uh, George's California Modern and Chef Trey Fauché and oh, right. Chef de Cuisine, Jonathan yeah. Bautista. You guys are going to be having a dinner on Wednesday, June 28th, uh, champagne pairing dinner, right? Yeah, we're doing a four-course collaboration dinner, you know, with my buddies over there. So there'll be a lot of fun. Come on out, join us. You know, Let's celebrate. be there. You know, popping bottles. Yeah. Do you have <laughs> you know? a? Do you already have the menu of what? what um, is it a before, secret? It's a little of a secret. Okay. You know, we're still working on it. Okay. You know, we're last minute a little bit, but you know, it'll come together. Always does. Yeah, it always does. So, to our listeners and our viewers on Facebook, if you guys haven't had a chance to try the phenomenal food of Chef Jason Nib at nine ten, definitely come to this dinner at George's at the Cove and, you know, have the opportunity to meet him. Yeah, try come his, say hi. Come He's say not hi. shy. Try his food. Maybe. Be blown mm-hmm. away and keep supporting our local San Diego chefs, which I think is, is the important thing. And, and we're so, so happy and yeah. so fortunate to consider you our friend. And you know that the doors at Specialty Produce are always open for you. Yeah. And we, we thank you for your support all throughout the years. And we couldn't be who we are if it weren't for chefs like you, Chef Jason Nib. Yeah, who do you want to shout out to? Peter? Peter Nib? Oh, Peter Nib, yeah. Shout out, Pops. Oh, and then, so this is a wrap for us today. It was an honor to have Jason Nib on the show with us. I am, my Instagram is sp underscore Maribel. Yeah, I'm Julie underscore Hostler. Chef, do you want to share your Instagram? For those who want to follow, yeah, uh, J Nim, J A Y K N, J A Y. Follow him and then follow us on our. Wait, wait, follow Peter Nib too, man. Oh. <laughs> Peter. Yeah, and if you want an apron, Nip. just DM me. Oh yes, and don't forget <laughs> oh. about these killer aprons. And follow us on our uh, Diva Lounge Instagram account that is sp underscore Diva Lounge. And stay tuned for our next guest. Where we are out. Thank you, Jason. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>